0: To the wedding mini <laughs> Yeah, we were going to do a regular season episode this week, and we just decided that our research would just be bullshit. <laughs> we would listen to one YouTube video and then pretend that was the actual story. So we're not going to yeah. do that to you. I mean, I did that,
1: but with a shorter story yeah. that's,
0: uh, you know, of course. less
1: of a big deal. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a slightly shorter Uh less organized version of Herstory. On the Rocks! With Katie and Allie. Uh, this is a
0: podcast where we talk about famous women in history. And we talk about good women and bad women and fictional women and non-fictional women from all times and places, because women have nuance. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but keep in mind, even on this minisode, we are drinking.
0: <laughs> the entire time and beforehand. Yeah, and before. And maybe afterwards. Sometimes. Who knows? <laughs> um, but in this case, we're not necessarily here to talk about women. You've got several women to talk I about. I do. I have a lot of women to talk I about have actually. a girl's best friend <gasps> yes. to talk about. A diamond. A diamond. <laughs> <laughs> in um, <the> rough. <laughs> yeah, a diamond not in the r- A diamond in the Smithsonian, yeah. <laughs> actually. Um, that's what I'm talking about. And uh, that's what we are here to do. Are we doing a physical? I mean, we can if you want. Okay. Do you want to get a little... Physical, physical, physical. Allie, what does the Hope Diamond look like? <laughs> so the Hope Diamond is like a forty-five like carat diamond, oh. blue diamond. It's um so deep blue. Sometimes it's described as violet, Ooh. and it is uh now cut into kind of like a long oval and it's set with white diamonds around it on a necklace piece that's how it's set right now it has not always been set like that um and it's sitting on a gray spinning like a bust in the (laughs) smithsonian i don't even think it's a bust anymore it's like a triangular shape pyramid Mm -hmm. Um, and you can go and see it. It's in the center of their gem collection on the second floor. Love it. Uh, and I see it once a year. I make sure to stop by because we're so Perfect. close. You're so close. So close. Can't touch it, though. <laughs> Not allowed to
1: touch it. <laughs> Good.
0: Who, um... what, what horde of women are you doing, and what do they look like?
1: So I decided that since you're doing the Hope Diamond, mm-hmm. I would kind of take a spin off of that, because, uh, you know, I love any excuse to talk about the Titanic. I do know so... that about you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: but, yeah, I was thinking about the heart of the ocean, you know, and that kind of looks like the Hope Diamond. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing some cool-ass women from the Titanic that we have never heard of. Okay, awesome. So, I am really excited. I, yeah, so these women are from the... Uh, early 1900s. So they're Victorian so they're ladies. Victorian
0: ladies. Yeah. Um,
1: and I go all the way from crew members to first class passengers. Cool. So they look different from each other depending on their social status. Mm-hmm. The high class women obviously have very stylish clothes. One was right. even a fashion designer. So we'll talk about her. <laughs> uh, sometimes they had big hats. And uh, yeah, and some of the people that we're talking about were just little babies oh. shivering in the cold. Oh, that's terrible. In the middle of the ocean. Um, cool. So, yeah, that's what they look like. That's exciting.
0: <laughs> um, so, I guess, do you want to know what you're drinking? Yes, it looks so blue. So, I think we're calling it the Hope of the Titanic. Is that if you want to, on? if you had a different
1: name, we can also Hope do is that. a
0: girl's best friend. Hope <laughs> is Diamonds are a good gr- Titanic. Hope and Diamonds are bad luck and the Titanic sank. Yeah. Can that be the name? <laughs> um, so, this cocktail is gin, coconut, simple syrup, Blue curacao, um, lemon juice, and lemon juice. And then we shook that over ice, poured it in a champagne flute, and then topped it with champagne. And we're Mm. only doing one cocktail tonight. One
1: cocktail. Cheers. Cheers. It's a
0: short night, and we're going to be drinking together all night tomorrow night, Mm -hmm. all night Saturday night, dancing
1: up a storm. Mm. Delightful. I love this cocktail. It's
0: very good. It's very bubbly. It's very sweet. Oh,
1: and honestly, the bubbles kind of bubbled up to look like an iceberg. Look it's at this, in. everybody. Oh, my gosh. We're it is like almost this is zero planning. Dual meaning. We have made here. <laughs> perfect episode. Um, All right.
0: <laughs> tell me what you know about the real Hope Diamond, not about the heart of the ocean. Okay. So... I only know... I think it came
1: from India. Mm-hmm. I think it was found. I think it was stolen. Mm-hmm. And I think it's bad luck. Mm-hmm. Because when I didn't decide... I hadn't decided yet on women from the Titanic. I was like, maybe I'll do like a haunted object. Because uh-huh. I've heard that it's like not good. It's like really bad luck for anyone who owns it. Yeah. Um. So... Because I looked up like other haunted objects. And the Hope Diamond was always on the list. Mm-hmm. So... That's all I know. I don't know what this diamond did to people, uh, but I know that it's in the Smithsonian now. And yeah. it, it
0: is, I'm going to say it, guys, it's smaller than you think it is. It is smaller <laughs> than you think it is, but it's also but it's so cool. the largest blue diamond in the world.
1: Yeah. So it is cool, and it is very large, but I think when like, you think about it in your head, you're thinking of the... Uh, The ruby that Abu picks up, Mm -hmm. that's what I pictured when I heard of the Hope Diamond The cut
0: gem that he finds in a cave. Yes, (laughs) being
1: held held by a golden monkey. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to tell you the story of the Hope Diamond. It goes back a really long time. Like I said in physical, it is a vivid blue diamond. And blue diamonds are among the rarest diamonds on earth earth so of all the colored diamonds they're the hardest to find there are only five examples of blue diamonds that are over 10 carats so this one wow yeah and it's what was it 40 like 45 and um or that have ever gone up for auction there are only three places on earth that these diamonds have been found in mines south africa australia and india so nowhere else has found a blue diamond. The reason it that they are so rare is the color comes from contamination from boron atoms. Apparently, like, mm. boron and carbon have to be even or something in diamonds, like a one-to-one ratio to make them clear. Uh-huh. But the higher the boron increases, the more blue... It is interesting, yeah, like a hydrangea. Uh, like it's the acid in the soil, exactly. You know what? It's the same. This is exactly it's exact same. It's exactly the same. So check
1: your hydrangeas
0: for diamonds, <laughs> especially if you live in South Africa, Australia, or India. Okay, so the Hope Diamond was formed deep in the Earth more than a billion years ago. And it was originally a decoration in an Indian temple in the forehead of a religious (gasps) statue.
1: Very cool. Very Indiana Jones. Uh
0: Uncut, of course. It's Uh just its traditional gem self. One day, this Hindu priest decides that the stone is too valuable to Mm -hmm. just sit in the temple, and he plucks it out. And, of course, nothing... Is worse than stealing from the gods. Yeah. Like that's a shitty thing to do. Very bad. But he, by the time his bad luck hits him, this is already on a boat across the ocean with a French merchant, Jean-Baptiste. So what? year did he pluck it so we don't exactly we don't know, know. Okay. this is a really like long ago old story i'm sure we all know what years jean baptiste was uh-huh. born but i don't know okay this is back pre um louis the 16th's like great-grandfather Ooh. so it's like way before revolution you know okay. but still the colonists are going out into yeah. india and, and africa and eastern asia trying to take their shit okay mm-hmm All right, so as the story goes, because of this stealing from the temple, the Hindu priest is severely punished by the gods, but it doesn't matter because the famous stone had already been taken out of India. It was in the hands of the Europeans. Some say Jean Baptiste stole the diamond from the guy that the Indian guy gave it to. Mm -hmm. Some people say that he bought it. Either way, he got a raging fever not long after he touched Mm. the diamond. Many famous gem owners know that each one holds a special and dangerous power. Thus begins the mystery of this blue diamond. After his fever, he wanted to get rid of the diamond, so he sells it to King Louis XIV. (sighs) King Louis decides to change the diamond a bit, so... He wants to cut it and polish it so it looks more European and reset it surrounded in gold. Now it is not in yellow gold anymore. Okay. But it was. Um, They actually accidentally split the (gasps) diamond while they were cutting it. So there's a big half and a small half. And when I was. it was even larger. It was even larger. And when I was reading up on this, apparently like jewelers who cut diamonds spend a lot of time researching the exact. Trajectory at which you should cut the diamond so you don't accidentally break it. They accidentally broke this diamond. Oh my gosh, those idiots. Exactly. So they had it cut down into like the oval shape with like the diamond in the back, like a like the diamond shape triangle Uh that you would traditionally see. After two years of work cutting and polishing this stone, it was ready for the king to wear, and it caught everybody's attention. At this point, it became nicknamed the Blue Diamond of the Crown, but more famously, the French Blue. And its name was the French Blue for a very long time. But the curse got to him as well, the same way that Jean-Baptiste got sick and the Indian temple man was punished, mysteriously punished. King Louis died shortly after Mm. getting this diamond ready to wear from gangrene. And all but one of his children didn't make it past childhood. Like only one mm. of his kids, wow, lived. And we see this a lot. The Hope Diamond curse runs in the family. So right now, when people only touch it with gloves on, really, it's, a, it's I think it's a touching thing more uh-huh. than an owning thing. Okay, with this diamond. Okay, so King Louis the Fifteenth now has the diamond. He's the son he resets the diamond again and it, because it's handed down, you know, as it goes and it ends up, we know that he also dies young because his teenage son, King Louis, the 16th takes over pretty quickly right. because as we all know, King Louis, the 16th and Marie Antoinette became leaders in their uh-huh. preteen, early teen years. Mm-hmm. So both the King Louis die after owning, touching and wearing this stone. Mm-hmm making its current kill count at least 5 directly and then more indirectly Ooh. because of people fighting over it stealing it killing for it king louis the 16th loved to let his young lovely wife wear this necklace around her neck touching the skin <gasps> of her neck <laughs> oh my God. And as we know, Marie Antoinette and her neck did not stay connected very long. So she and her husband both get their heads cut off. Oh, my God. And this is in the midst of a revolution. So the diamond gets stolen (gasps) from the crown storehouse of gems. After a few years passed, the diamond ends up in England somehow. We're not quite sure how. We don't know how it got there. We don't know what hands it went through. But I'm assuming... Somebody in the French Revolution stole it. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, this is a revolution. Nobody in this fucking country has enough money to buy this from me. Right. So they to went to England. the closest monarchy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, would you like to buy this inordinately <laughs> expensive gem? And King George Fourth was like, I would love <laughs> to buy that gem. So he's the highest bidder, obviously, because he's the king. mm mm-hmm his life story was terribly unhappy. He was one of the most after obviously becoming the king and owning this diamond. He was one of the most unpopular rulers in the history of the UK. He, um, decreased the popularity of the monarchy. He lived a very unhealthy lifestyle that made him extremely obese. He went almost completely blind from cataracts. He left no descendants and died from gastrointestinal bleeding. Gross. Super Gross. He doesn't have a great life after owning this diamond, and he left an enormous amount of debt. So they're like, "Okay, well, we've got this Hope Diamond. Let's sell it through private channels to get money back to the monarchy." Mm. Also, not that people with
1: gastrointestinal issues are gross. Yeah, the, the whole he it, was uh, gross. Yeah, he was gross, and <laughs> the idea of it uh, upsets me because mm. I don't want that to happen to me. No, I would hate and that to happen to myself. Here, I'm very sorry.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. So now. Through private channels, a rich London banker named Thomas Hope gets a hold of the diamond. This family obviously gives the diamond its famous and most long-lasting name, even though the French Blue is its, you know, previous yeah. famous name. And then whatever they called it in India, I have no idea because we mm-hmm. like to wipe history away from people. Mm-hmm. that we The Europeans colonized. Okay. So his brother, after Thomas dies... <laughs> because, of course, he died because yeah. he got the Hope Diamond. <laughs> Inherits the stone and puts the gem in his diamond collection. So mm-hmm. his brother, the Hopes were like jeweler, gem collectors. So mm-hmm. they had a lot of big gems. He puts it in his gem collector, <laughs> collection, but dies the same year that he gets the stone mm-hmm. into his gem collection. His family entirely breaks apart because they're fighting over who gets the gem collection for decades. Because Thomas Hope... His kids want it. Right. His brother, the Hope brother, his kids want it. Right. But the Hope brother's wife also wants it. So they're all like, who actually is willed this huge gem right. collection? It ended up, after a decade in fighting in court, the family splits all the gems. And Thomas Hope, the original Hope owner, his son, Henry Thomas Hope, gets the diamond. Okay, So he has the Hope diamond and everybody, all the other diamonds are scattered around. As you can probably tell, um, this is not going great for Mm -hmm. the Hope family, even though they're kind of like the longest family to own it. So in 1902, the Hope family um, sold it to a London jewel merchant. And from there... It's traded back and forth. That's 1902. Traded back and forth for a long ass time. Mm -hmm. From place to place to place. People owned it. Bad shit's happening. Lightning is striking. People Mm. are getting hit by cars. Oh my gosh. And I I think part of it is just like the dangerous lifestyle. Some of it is getting in your head. Some of it's being wealthy and powerful and living in crazy, you know, high traffic cities. Mm -hmm. But finally... It lands in the hands of Turkish Sultan Abdul Hamid II. Right after he buys the diamond, his life changes forever because there's a military revolution. This is the second revolution to overthrow a country. Um, And they overthrow him. He is deported and he spends the rest of his life in captivity. Oh, my God. After the Sultan is put in captivity, this stone was bought by the famous Pierre Cartier. (laughs) And this is when we get a famous, famous jeweler with um, the Hope Diamond. And obviously Cartier um, had a massive store in New York City, Mm -hmm. was competing with Tiffany. Tiffany is definitely more famous Mm -hmm. because they sold glass and lamps and Mm -hmm. you know the whole yeah
1: book or short story slash movie called breakfast at tiffany's which also helped yeah they i mean they just there's no lunch at cartier yeah
0: it was like a um a high class macy's Mm -hmm. it was like a more high class macy's so it was very famous and obviously tiffany's still has that today but Mm -hmm. pierre cartier has the stone but his goal is not to keep it. His goal is to prepare it to be sold. And some people think that this is when the curse rumors started. Uh-huh. Because what is Pierre going to do? Uh-huh. He's going to hook up with the New York Times uh-huh. and say, this diamond has a curse. Uh-huh to drum up interest. To drum up interest. Okay. Now, we don't No, we don't know <laughs> that that happened. People presume that that happened mm-hmm. because this is in the hands of a guy in New York who is an immigrant who mm-hmm. is has a jewel company but isn't as famous as Tiffany's. So, it's possible that he just, you know, did a little swindling.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So, he only handled the jewelry with gloves. Again, some people say he was trying to drum up fear (laughs) when people would come to see it. And I read, I don't know if this is true, but I was reading a book called Cartier's Hope, and it's like a um, historical fiction. Mm -hmm. And he had one of his jewelers in the book, I don't know if this is real, make a thing that goes under it so that when you try it on your neck to see if you want to buy it, it it never touches your skin. He was the salesman, (laughs) Katie. He was was a (laughs) (laughs) salesman okay so he ends up selling it to the mclean family which is like a very aristocratic family in Mm -hmm. america they own the washington post it's a big deal and evelyn walsh mclean adores this diamond she wears it on her neck (gasps) Every day, everywhere she goes, you know, like me and hoops, Uh like all the time. Uh Sometimes when she's staying at home, she lets her dog wear it on his collar around the house. Can you believe that? No. No, I cannot. Wilma. What what is Wilma doing? What is
1: she wearing to the wedding?
0: (laughs) Why does she not have the hope diamond? (laughs) But things don't go well for her. And in fact, the more she wears this diamond, the worse her life gets first. It's just her mother-in-law dies. Then her nine-year-old car or her nine-year-old son is in a car when it gets into an accident <gasps> and he doesn't make it. Oh my God. But then because of this death of her son, her and her husband have a big strain on their marriage and he leaves her for another woman. Oh my God. Then the Washington post goes bankrupt <gasps> and they have no money <gasps> And then her daughter passes away at 25. What? But she didn't believe in the curse. She was like, it can't be this diamond that's making all these terrible things happen to me. But then she died.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: And because the family was in so much debt, they're like, get rid of this fucking thing <laughs> immediately. I will split the money among us. <laughs> Nobody touch it. It's crazy. Um, But. Next, the famous American jeweler, Harry Winston, bought the stone. Mm. He would be the last private owner of the stone. For the next 10 years, he toted it around with him to one hot charity event after another, put it on busts for everybody to see in large events. But he decided... Maybe I should donate it so that nothing happens to me. Yeah, that's a good
1: idea.
0: He donates the stone to the Smithsonian Institute of Natural History, and actually, it's still there today. Mm-hmm. It is, like we said earlier, 45 carats, deep blue in color. If you shine ultraviolet rays on it, it turns spookily red. Mm -hmm. There is still a debate as to whether or not the gem is cursed. But the New York Times, like I said, in 1911, which the people in the Titanic would have been reading this Mm -hmm. story, all the ladies in your book, Mm -hmm. um, they listed the diamonds kill count. (gasps) In the New York Times, and all the bad things that happened to everybody, um, even though they that may have been invented by <laughs> famous jewelers like Pierre Cartier and Harry Winston, the curse of the Hope Diamond has, above the rarity of the Hope Diamond, made it so popular, mm. and so today. The Hope Diamond is worth $350 million. Oh my gosh. And that is the story of the curse of the Hope Diamond. That's That's crazy. I know. I love that. Very short story. (laughs) Really nice when we're coming up to a wedding weekend. Mm -hmm. I love
1: talking about jewelry. I love talking about jewelry, too. I
0: love seeing it, Mm -hmm. I love talking about it. I spend my most time in gem rooms in like any <laughs> and I love a museum. But I will say when I went to Harvard, the Harvard Museum, they have their own natural history museum, mm-hmm. their gem room, off the charts. Really? And I know people donate their diamonds to Harvard yeah. after they die, or like there's just Harvard has such a rich history of shit like right. that. But I was we spent so much time in the gym rooms there that I barely made it to the taxidermy beast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like obsessed with the gem room. <laughs> All right. Well, Perfect. are you ready to continue? We're not yes. taking a break.
1: No, we're just going to roll right through yeah. with
0: the Titanic. We are. No new drink. <laughs> Talking about the Titanic. I still look like my drink has an iceberg. Yes, it does. <laughs> I do you think. Um, Cartier would be so pissed That this drink is Tiffany Blue Yes I do He'd be infuriated Rolling in his grave (laughs) I'm really really sad We all know that I'm like obsessed with Marie Antoinette Ever Uh since we did that episode I learned so much about her And I was like Mm -hmm. oh my god this is terrible Um, So I'm really sad that she lost her head after owning it I bet she would have looked beautiful with it on I wonder if there's like a painting with her wearing it Oh I would hope so Kind of like Rose with the Heart of the Ocean Yeah Okay Am I supposed to tell you what I know about the Titanic? Yes. <laughs> what do you know about the Titanic? It sank. <laughs> yes, it did. In April of, I think, 1912. Mm-hmm. And um, the more first class people got off than third class people. Women got on the boats first. Mm-hmm. The crew stayed behind uh, mostly. Um the diamond in the movie, the heart of the ocean is supposed to be based off of the hope diamond, which is great because it's mm-hmm. cursed and all those people died, mm-hmm. which is so clever. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's his face? Dennis Quaid, I guess, whatever white guys <laughs> in that Queen, movie, <laughs> he wanted that damn diamond out of that box, but instead <gasps> he found a naked picture of Rose wearing what that was diamond the guy from twister. Yeah still back. we don't need to do this we don't need to do it again <laughs> but again but then rose threw it in the ocean like a little bit like bitch.
1: A, what yeah it's like your grandkids could have gone to college
0: off of that thing <laughs> oh my don't, god donate it to the smithsonian yeah
1: anything Whew, biggest yeah, blue diamond rose, in the
0: world idiot <laughs> <laughs> so
1: <You> dummy <laughs> yeah it's funny i guessed that the Heart of the Ocean was based off of the Hope Diamond. Oh, yeah, Um, And I'm glad that you confirmed that fact. It is. Because that makes the connection even stronger. Okay, so, as we all know, you know, the Titanic uh, set sail with a total of 2,208 people on board. As we all know. As we all know. (laughs) And it sank in the morning of April 15th, 1912, resulting in the death of... One thousand five hundred and three people. So have so many people died. Sometimes I forget that it was that many. Like It's an unreal number. Yeah, fuck the white star line at this point. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, we all know that. I talked about it a lot in our Unsinkable Molly Brown episode. So if you want some more details, uh, you know, on some of the basic stuff about the Titanic, you can go to that because I'm just here to talk about the ladies. Ladies. Get on board. Or or don't. Or don't. (laughs) Please don't get on the ship. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Disembark. Disembark. So. I am first. uh, Well, I need to tell you that this is basically a retelling of a YouTube video posted by History Tea Time with Lindsay Holliday. This video is so good, so informative, and I love that she had like a whole graph with like how, what the percentage of... Percentage of women, children, and men that both died and survived in the classes, the classes which I thought was very interesting. It is cool. Um,
0: um, side note I saw a documentary last night, of course, because that's mm-hmm. what I was doing, and the woman from the History Chicks was in it commenting. <gasps> Damn, why don't we have that job? I don't know. How annoying. Rude. Um. Call me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. I'm first going to talk about a couple of first-class passengers. Mm. Uh, and if you wanted to know, the price of passage for a first-class ticket was from between $4,000 and $120,000 in today's money. Shit! Isn't that bananas?
0: That's like going to the Super Bowl. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like it's way so, more than that. <laughs> <laughs> So first we have Helen Churchill Candy. She was born to That's a middle-class family in 1858 But then she married an abusive man who eventually abandoned her, leaving her with two small children. In order to support the family, she ended up becoming a writer for homemaking magazines like Harper's Bazaar, Ladies Home Journal, Good Housekeeping, among many others. She eventually moved her family to Oklahoma and wrote articles about life as a single mother in the frontier, like in this basically like mostly unsettled area which is fascinating Uh, and then in 1900 she wrote a book called how women may earn a living to encourage women to become more independent and also to be like you can do this if you need to leave an abusive husband you know which i think was so important at the time because nobody else was talking about it (laughs) (laughs) so this book made her a fairly famous author among like with all the articles she's writing so then she moves to dc and becomes one of the first professional interior decorators to exist one of her big jobs was redecorating the west wing of the white house for teddy and edith roosevelt stop come on isn't that crazy that
0: is crazy so, then
1: she went to Europe to research a book she was writing on interior design. All of this work she did made her uh, made her ve- wealthy enough to buy a first passenger ticket back to the U.S. on the Titanic. So, she's a first-class passenger, obviously, because that's the section we're in. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, the ship is going down. Helen literally jumps into a lifeboat to escape the sinking ship, breaks her ankle, but even so, she takes up an oar and helps paddle away from the wreck. They could get suction cupped in. Yeah. So you had to get away uh, immediately. And I mean, she broke her ankle. Broke her ankle. Yeah. In the freezing cold. She should row crew. Yeah. She should. She couldn't. She did. Um, so <laughs> after the Titanic, she became a suffragette and then a nurse in Italy in World War One, and then she traveled the world. She went to Japan, China, Indonesia, and Cambodia, writing two best-selling books about her travels. She was also a founding member of the Association of Women Geographers hmm. and lived to the age of ninety. Good for her. Good for her i
0: mean maybe she felt like she got her her second wind after dying
1: well that's one of the the things that the lady in the video said she was like yeah after like almost dying she was like yeah i have a new lease on life like
0: (laughs) (laughs) time to go to indonesia but yeah oh i need to almost die yeah but not like that that's tragic
1: (laughs) (laughs) so our second person is lady lucy duff gordon Uh, who I'm calling Lady Lady Final Destination, Uh, fate was trying to kill this woman. I see. So Lucy was born into a middle-class Canadian family and survived her first shipwreck at the age of 12 in the English Channel. Wow. (laughs) When she was 21, she married a philandering alcoholic... Um, So she left him and supported herself, again, another self-made woman, by becoming a dressmaker. Hmm. After three years of working out of like, I think it was like an apartment that her parents owned or something, she opened up her own shop named Maison Lucille. And soon, trendsetting royals and aristocrats started wearing her designs. I'm always worried I'm going to say aristocats. Do you have that fear? Yeah. Because everybody wants to be a cat. Everybody wants to be Lady Lucy. So, <laughs> lady Lucy. Because she's the only Lucy who <laughs> knows she not, where it's at. She's not a lady yet. But she <laughs> did know where it was at. She was the first designer to train professional models put on runway shows with lighting, decor, and music. Calm down. I know. Calm down. In 1900, she made she married Scottish baronet Cosmo Duff Gordon. Hate what it. a wild name! Uh, and they got on the Titanic to travel to the opening of Maison Lucille in New York.
0: Would you call him Cos or Duff? Uh, uh, Duff for sure for me. Cosy Duffto <laughs>
1: is what I sure. would call him. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so, but when the boat started to sink uh they were not as heroic as some other people uh on the boat (laughs) they got into a lifeboat with only 10 other people in it and again those lifeboats sat 40 people and people later said that Cosmo bribed the crew to leave without rescuing more people so we don't like Cosmo he's not the best And after everything happened, they ended up being questioned by authorities about this. And Cosmo himself was censured for taking a place on a lifeboat that was reserved for women and children first. Like so many other men in this story, like kissed their families goodbye and never saw them again. And he was like, you know what? Don't rescue more people. Like, let's get out of
0: here. (laughs) He's um, kind of a jerk. So, yeah, but let's all put it. Let's put it on the industry because the White Star mm-hmm. Line was supposed to have more life. Yes, they were. Now it wasn't regulated yet. Yeah, but after the Titanic, after it was. It was. But also, <laughs> Cosmo, like man up. Yeah, woman up. Mm-hmm.
1: So three years after this, the couple was set to go on another boat, the Lusitania.
0: Stop it! <laughs>
1: Stop it! You are lying. But right before the trip, Lucy got super sick, and they couldn't. Go shut
0: the fuck up! And of
1: course, uh, this boat was famously torpedoed by the Germans, by U-boats. But no boat could stop this lady, and she died in her seventies. Uh, <laughs> you believe it?
0: Three times this three girl. Three times. At least you can swim the English Channel. The Atlantic's That's not like true. that. No, 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 no. Also,
1: maybe like get a plane. Uh, please. <laughs> <laughs> Next up on our docket is Madeline Astor. So she The Astors are yes, so rich they are so rich So famous okay. All
0: these ladies knew about the Hope Diamond and wanted it Yes they did
1: And she's interesting Because when we think of the Astors We think of Carolyn Yeah Astor But Madeline was her daughter-in-law So Madeline married Colonel John Jacob Jack jinkelheimer Smith, Smith Astor IV. <laughs> I put in an extra couple names Because why not William she- Bryant Dumbledore <laughs> <laughs> so she married jack when she was 18 and he was 47 not only was the age gap of 29 years scandalous but it also came amid a very messy divorce on jack's part which is typical of men of this wealth so but they wed and went on a seven-month-long honeymoon around the world. Oh, tell them
0: to go away. Go home. They went on holiday. They
1: tried. They were coming home on the Titanic. <laughs> Madeline was five months pregnant Shit. when the ship sank. While boarding the rescue boat, Madeline gave her shawl to a third-class passenger to keep her sun warm, which is so sweet. And, you know, they're getting on the boats. Jack asks if he can accompany Madeline since she was pregnant. But the crew told him, no, there's still more women and children to get on board. And to his credit, he listened to them, kissed her goodbye, and stayed on the ship until it sank. He died. Yeah, he did. That sucks. He died. Madeline and her baby. On their the honeymoon. On their honeymoon. Um. Her baby John Jacob Astor was born a few months after, and she enjoyed her life as a wealthy widow, uh, remarrying twice before dying in her forties. She had three sons, actually. Um, uh, which forties is like still really young to have three sons that are like pretty grown. Um, but anyways, so yeah, that was Madeline Astor.
0: Um, real quick anecdote, uh-huh. John Jack anecdote. Uh-huh know you hate me right now because we're no, trying I to get No, no, this is like a
1: casual episode. I don't care. Okay,
0: <laughs> the first day of school, I'm doing attendance, and I get to this boy, and I say John, and he goes, Yeah, it's John, but I go by Jack, and I go, Oh, like Kennedy, <laughs> and he goes, Stone the whole room. They don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> There's not one kid that even chuckled a little bit and i was like wow i'm not recording the podcast right now <laughs> so when you said john and then jack i like had flashbacks mm. to that moment where i was a hundred percent not funny to seventh graders i'm getting worried about this next generation <laughs>
1: because my i'm still friends with one of my um professors from college and she was like so i'm teaching my you know like capstone on women's stud- in women's studies and she was like And I mentioned Walt Whitman and Mark Twain, and nobody knew who they were. What? What? What What is the correct answer? (laughs) These are college students, not middle schoolers. College students that don't know who Mark Twain and Walt Whitman are. Hmm.
0: I mean, I will say they did change... They only changed the novels. So all the anthologies, mm-hmm. they should still be reading sections of all those <sighs> books. But, like, they did change novels to include more women and people of color. Listening. Like, you know, <laughs> if they're lost
1: because we're including more diverse people, then that's good. That's fine. But,
0: <laughs> but I think it's because these I kids also, are idiots. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's because they're idiots. It's so funny. She was like, how do I handle this situation and not, like, shame them? Because it's not their fault. Right. You know, that like, they don't know who these people are. Like, obviously no one said anything, Yeah, but I don't know. We're going to ask your kids when we're done.
0: (sighs) They're not going to know. No, they're not. No, they're in seventh grade. They might know Mark (sighs) Twain, but they certainly don't know Walt Whitman. I wouldn't. Walt Whitman wasn't as
1: surprising, but Mark Mm -hmm. Twain was to me just because I think like, you know, fucking Huckleberry Finn.
0: Well, I think that's the thing. And if we Tom gave Sawyer's. them a list of books, they could yeah, pick them out. Could, but I don't mm-hmm. think they know the pen name Mark Twain. Okay. They only know Clarence Thomas. Yeah, that's it. Was. If you say who's Clarence Thomas, <laughs> they'll Samuel be like. Clemens, Clements? I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 Thomas He's is a like justice. a justice. <laughs> oh, that's the whole Anita Hill situation. Sorry, everybody. Okay, forget it. Okay. Forget this whole thing. So now. Jack John Kennedy. Yeah, Go.
1: We're going to Noelle Leslie, the Countess of Rothass. I think that's how you say it. I don't even know where that is. Me neither. It's, I think, in somewhere. We'll find out when Never I get land. into this story. Mm-hmm. She was the only child of a wealthy London family, and at 22, she married the 19th Earl of Rothes. Wow, well, I did not say where that was, and lived a comfortable <laughs> lifestyle with her two children. Perfect. She was famous for throwing kick ass charity events like masquerade balls to raise money for poor families. Love her. <laughs> Noelle got on the Titanic alone to meet up with her husband, who was already in New York on business. And it is said that when the boat started sinking, she calmly led many women onto lifeboats. Because I think one of the things that this kind of research made me realize was that people were scared as hell. And we'll get into this a little bit later too, but a lot of them were scared to get in these boats yeah. because they're like, why would I leave the big boat and get into a tiny boat in the middle of the black, black ocean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was really scary. And then like, cause Molly Brown did the same thing. She was a really calming presence and was like, come here, come with me. So Noel was doing the same thing. Like, she was like, follow me. I will like, trust me, which I think a lot of people, especially cause there were a lot of like immigrants who like, you know, Like, especially like single immigrant women, there's a lot of them on the boat who like were very panicked. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and And they haven't
0: practiced this. It's not like fire drills in school where you know Mm -hmm. what to go and Mm -hmm. you know what to do. Exactly. So she
1: was one of the calming presences, uh, leaving, leading women onto the lifeboats. And then when she got on the lifeboat, she even steered it for most of the night, only stopping to comfort this young Spanish woman who was, like, alone and didn't know what was going on. Other than that, though, yeah, she was steering the boat. (laughs) Like, with the little thing on the back? Sure. Mm -hmm.
0: Whatever I don't know how these
1: boats work, but I'm guessing so. (laughs) I'm guessing she was rowing, too. I don't really know, but it just says she was steering it. Um, So, but yeah, there had to have been, like, a thing on there. Yeah. So... Then when they were rescued by the Carpathia, she went to work making sure that the third class women and children who survived were fed and warm because obviously they were not the highest priority for a lot of people who Mm -hmm. even the rescuers like, oh yeah, even in the midst of a crazy tragedy, like class still mattered. The people were looking for
0: the pregnant Astor ladies Mm -hmm. and not for the third class women, and not them. She even like
1: found scrap like fabric on the ship and started making extra clothes for the babies because they were so cold and like nobody had anything. So she was like sewing little like onesies for them. <laughs> the crew on the Carpathia called her the plucky little countess.
0: <gasps> That's are? really cute. Make a flag. I love
1: it. <laughs> Uh, The tales of her bravery made her quite famous afterwards, but any time she was interviewed about the tragedy, she always redirected the attention towards the other folks who helped people survive. Like, she really didn't like being famous herself. She's like, no, if you're going to talk about people who really did something, let's talk about, like the captain and like this person and that person who also helped, you Mm -hmm. know, trying to like make sure that people knew more of the story than just her. Are you a hero? (laughs) (laughs) No. Then you're a hero. (laughs) Uh, In world war one. She converted both of her mansions into hospitals for the soldiers. <laughs> shut
0: up and shut up. She
1: worked as a nurse. Shut up. I sleep. hate that. <laughs> she continued her charity work until her death at the age of seventy-seven. Okay,
0: these ladies a cool have a person. These ladies have like a long
1: lifespan. Yes, so they do. Far. Now we're going to get to someone who did not have a very long lifespan. Okay, still Ida, first class. Well, actually, she's still pretty old, but <laughs> Ida Strauss. Ida was born in 1849 to a Jewish family in Germany. When she was 22, she married Isidore Strauss, whose family ran a crockery business out of Macy's basement. The couple had seven children. They were deeply, deeply in love. And I mean, if he was away on business, he would write to her a letter every single day. Calm down. So sweet.
0: Yo, just text me. So
1: (laughs) the crockery business grew so much that he was eventually able to buy Macy's. So Ida and Isidore were taking the Titanic home from a European vacation when the boat sank. After helping Ida's maid into the boat, the crew invited Ida and Isidore onto the lifeboat. But Isidore refused, saying he didn't want to take a spot from a woman or a child. And then when he told Ida to get into the boat, she refused, saying, We have lived together for many years. Where you go, I go. And she stayed on the boat.
0: I know. That's one of those, like, really sad. I think they're, in the movie, they're supposed to be, like, symbolized by that old couple. And it's just like... Oh, it's gut-wrenching. It is. So they weren't laying
1: in bed together like the couple that was based off of them in the movie. They were last seen standing arm-in-arm on the deck of the Titanic. (sighs) Okay, now let's get into some second-class passengers. Passage price for second class, about
0: $2,000. I'd pay for that. Yeah. Uh, I mean not for the death <laughs> I and that $2000, you know all of that. <laughs> but
1: you spent all your $2000. I did. The, the IRS government.
0: has Katie's they <laughs> money. have my money,
1: all of it. Shit. So it's so dumb. <laughs> so let's talk about Eva Hart. Eva was 7 years old when she survived the Titanic and was interviewed frequently about it later in years. Like if you saw her, you would recognize her from like every single Titanic documentary. Mm. Her mother initially didn't want the family to go on the boat because she thought it was an ill omen that the boat kept marketing itself as unsinkable. It (laughs) is. Guys, that is a bad sign. Knock Knock on on wood. wood. (laughs) (laughs) So her mother was like, I don't trust this fucking boat. So she would like take a nap in the middle of the day so she could stay up all night fully clothed, keeping the watch, (laughs) which was why she heard the crash, like, immediately. And so that family was on the move. (laughs) Mr. Hart, obviously, was not allowed in the lifeboat, so he died in the sinking. Uh, But, you know, the other... You know, kids in the family survived, but Eva suffered nightmares until she was in her 20s because she's seven years old. So that's a very impressionable young age to experience this kind of tragedy. Yo,
0: Eliza wouldn't get on a boat until recently because she saw Frozen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This girl is seven and on the Titanic. Seven.
1: So, but when she was in her 20s, she eventually like faced her fears and got back on a boat which I'm so proud of her for doing. Yeah, honestly. Um, and then she became a really strong voice among survivors and really started speaking out about what happened. Then she became a professional singer and during World War II became a volunteer, putting on shows for troops and transporting supplies to people who survived the Blitz. She died in 1996 at the age of 91. Damn, girl! <laughs> and there is still a pub in london named after her so you can go to the eva Hart. oh no she survived the titanic she's one of the youngest people that's cool
0: little baby girl mm-hmm.
1: okay so now i'm going to talk about the laroche family this family was the only known mixed race family aboard the titanic okay joseph was a black haitian man who moved to paris when he was 15 to become an engineer He met and married a white woman named Juliet, but racial discrimination was very prominent. So they're like, I think we should leave here. So they made a plan to move their family back to Haiti. So they were planning on taking a different boat, but the boat that they were going to take was like, oh, well, like if you're bringing kids, the kids have to stay in a separate nursery and you're not allowed to be with them for any of the trip. (laughs) Like you're not allowed to see them. And he was like, well, that's not okay. <laughs> Especially, I think, like, if you're, like, um, like if you have two mixed children in the early 1900s, it's you're dangerous. like, I want to keep an eye on them. Yeah, make sure nothing, yeah. no accidents occur. So they didn't want to be separated from them, so they chose the Titanic instead.
0: Wow, bad decision, idiots. Uh, it- <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when the ship started sinking... The couple heard the crash. They carried their children to the lifeboats, and Joseph kissed them goodbye as they got in. Obviously, Juliet and her two children uh, survived. They eventually moved back home to France, but she was pregnant when the Titanic sank, so she gave birth to her son a few months after the sinking and named him Joseph after his late father. Oh uh baby louise was one of the last survivors dying in 1998
0: wow that's so recent
1: it's so recent so I let's like talk a- about third class <laughs> Woo! even a third class passage cost about 960 dollars in today's money which so that's why leo had
0: to win that poker mm-hmm. game you know what i'm saying
1: Third class in the Titanic, though, was much nicer than most of the ships at the time. So if you were a third class passenger on, like, any other ship, you'd be basically, like, put in a room with, like, a ton of bunk beds and you were given, like, a bucket to poop in. Mm. And that was, like, it. But with this, they had private family cabins with toilets and were allowed to walk on deck. But... They also couldn't go into the spaces that were reserved for the second and third class passengers. So there were gates blocking them from certain areas. So that meant when the ship started sinking, they were largely locked into the lower deck because they didn't have access to so many areas, as we know from the movie and a lot of stuff that we've heard from it. Um, But some did manage to survive. Melvina Dean was a third-class passenger who was a baby when the ship sank. Her father felt the crash and thus was able to get his family moving in time to get them into a lifeboat. Because if you hesitated at all... It was mob. There, it was, it was yeah, yeah, it mob was mentality, mentality on board. board. There was nearly no host of people. There's a trend, obviously, like people who like felt it and started moving immediately... Which I probably wouldn't do. I wouldn't either. I would be like, oh, it's just like, you know, something crazy. Like, or whatever. The waves. The waves. There's a whale. Turbulence. (laughs) (laughs) Turbulence. You know. Um, Ada and her two children survived. um, But once they got to New York, she's like, well, now I have to go back to England because I have family there because my breadwinner's gone. Right. Which happened to a lot of these women. Um, but Milvina became a bit of a celebrity because she was the youngest surviving passenger on the Titanic. She was also the last living Titanic survivor. She died in two thousand nine, shit, at the age of ninety seven.
0: Two thousand nine. I maybe I, she was reincarnated what? into one of my kids. I was in high school yeah, when I was she married. died, <laughs> like for like crazy. two years. That is nuts. Ugh.
1: Then, for our last survivor, we have a crew member named Violet Jessup, who is also final destination as hell. (laughs) So, when she was a young girl, she contracted tuberculosis and was given a few months to live. She miraculously survived and at 21 began working as a ship stewardess. She was aboard the Olympic, the Titanic sister ship, in 1911 when it collided with another ship... (laughs) They got to... Stop it. The White Star Line just, like, you're not good at making ships. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Get over yourselves, honestly. you're bad. God. So, (laughs) thankfully, this ship was damaged, but it wasn't uh, too bad. And they were able to make it back to port. And nobody died on this ship tragedy. Um, But seven months later, she was hired aboard the Titanic. And she was very excited for this new job opportunity because this was the new luxury liner. I mean, again, they were treating third-class passengers better than they'd ever been treated in their entire life. It's like, going to so cool. So luxurious. What a cool job. <laughs> so when the ship was sinking, she had an important job. She was actually one of the first women in the lifeboats. A captain ordered her first Because she had to show other women, like we mentioned earlier, that it was safe and encourage them to get in because a lot of the women were like, I'm not getting in that fucking boat because it took a couple hours for the sinking to really get so bad. You know, Right. I mean, it's a long
0: thing. It's yeah. a, boats like that don't just like disappear.
1: Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, uh, it's uh, up in the air in 20 minutes and cracking in half. You know, this was a couple hours. And so I think a lot of women are like, no, no, I'll stay on the ship. I- I'm fine here. Like, you know, I'd rather be with my husband. You know, you're going to make me get in there and he's going to be here. Like
0: things are weird, Things
1: are weird. I don't want to do that. So Violet was in charge of, again, like encouraging women to like get into the boats and <laughs> <laughs> make them feel safe. Um, and then once she was in the boat, she is just handed a baby. She doesn't know who this baby belongs to. And she just gets it. And she kept that baby safe all night until they found, uh, until they got on the Carpathia. And then a woman like runs over to her and like takes the baby out of her arms, but she doesn't speak English. And she just kind of like runs away. She's like, well, I hope that was the mother. Uh, In 1916, she became a nurse in World War II, and was working aboard another sister ship of the Titanic, the Titanic the Britannic. Britannic, and it got hit by an underwater mine sent by a U boat, uh, and part of the boat was ripped apart by the explosion. Shit! this poor lady. So Violet thought she was done for when she didn't get into one of the first lifeboats that they sent oh, yeah. over. But this is actually a blessing because some of the lifeboats that they first sent off didn't end up getting away fast enough. And they got sucked into the <gasps> propellers.
0: Oh, Can't hate
1: that. Hate that so hate much. That, hate, hate that it more than anything in the world.
0: I mean, I will say, though, <sighs> like the Titanic sank really weird. Yes, it did because it snapped. S- yeah, weird and slow and uh-huh. it snapped and the fire in the hole uh-huh. and like the double... Liner, like there was so much crazy shit happening that nobody knew what was going on. Like normal boats sink, normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like getting off and going into a propeller—that's crazy.
1: No thanks. Um, and soon there were no more life. So a lot of the lifeboats did make it, but there were some survivors that again got you know in those terrible lifeboats that didn't make it. Yeah. Um, no more lifeboats. So Violet took her chances and just jumped into the ocean. <sighs>
0: Sharky time. She
1: was rescued soon after and officially survived her third shipwreck. Shit. Why does she keep getting back on boats? I don't know. <laughs> but she continued working on ships for the rest of her life. Okay. And years later, after she was retired, she got a call asking her if she saved a baby while escaping the Titanic. And she said, yes, I did. And then the woman on the phone said, that baby was me. Oh. I have chills. That's amazing. Violet died in the 1970s at the age of 83. So that's all I have. But like, those are really cool women. That that is
0: really cool. Really cool. I Some of that I can't even believe. Like, how do you even track down the lady that held you? I don't know. On the Titanic. I mean, you just had to call every survivor at that point. You had to call every surviving woman because most of the people that survived were women. Yeah. You know, there's Mm -hmm. what? 2,000 people on board one and a half thousand or 1200, whatever survived. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're mostly women. Mm-hmm. I, somebody had to save you. Yeah. It's just,
1: it's really cool. And I think that especially with like tragedies like this, it's cool to focus on the people that like did cool things. You know, like that's why I love the story of, you know, Molly Brown, AKA Maggie Brown so yeah. much because she lived such a cool life and but there there's also the problem of like she gets a lot of the spotlight from the Titanic sinking. And mm-hmm. you know, that's a double edged sword because she people don't realize how much she did in her life because yeah. of the Titanic. Right. And there's also the other fact that like then you don't hear about some of these other women who did really cool things and also helped survivors and also became nurses. Because like, you know, we talked like M- Maggie drove an ambulance in World War One in France. Like <laughs> he was really cool. But we don't hear a lot of the other stories because you kind of, for simplicity's sake, you know, I know you can't talk about all people all the time, but you know, you kind of have to have one spokesperson and it ended up being Maggie and I'm so glad it was because she's so fucking cool. She's funny
0: and like was low class and like,
1: she's everything you want her to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to talk about some of these other women and thank you to that YouTuber, um tea t- history tea time with Lindsay holiday because I loved this video and I got yeah. so much from it so I hope you did
0: too <laughs> well um, this was our very very short show we yes. hope you enjoyed it this is just like bonus bonus stories bonus fun mm-hmm. um, about diamonds which girls love mm-hmm. and girls which girls love mm-hmm. so um we hope you have a great week we are gonna come back with I'm sure a crazy wedding anecdote yes, next I can't Thursday. Wait to <laughs> um things are gonna be crazy we'll put up some pictures and um just have a great week yeah we love you we'll
1: see you soon and follow us on instagram and write and review us and all the things mm-hmm. as normal
0: mm-hmm. we love you goodbye don't get on the oh, lifeboat. Yeah. get on the lifeboat get, get on it well all right let's buy the this. diamonds get on the lifeboats well behaved women
1: uh-huh. uh pay the crew off to take them elsewhere yeah and they
0: really make history. Or they did make history. Yeah, they did. Like Some of make yeah, history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they really make history. Let your man on the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't throw the fucking diamond oh, into the ocean. Please, no. End of discussion. Yeah, Goodbye. Women well, <laughs> throw the diamond into <laughs> the ocean.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>